Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Hey there, welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 157 this month, this spring. And I hope spring is treating you well wherever you are. On the West Coast, we have this threat of rain, which we'd gladly welcome, but it's clearing up. So we'll we'll take whatever kind of spring weather we can get. Spring has been busy for me. I wanted to thank folks once again who came out to our last show we hosted in Corlitas. We had Griff Morlicks and Blackie Farrell in April, mid-late mid, mid late last month, to a sold-out crowd. And if you missed my chat with Blackie Farrell at Songs of Stories number 156, and you can find it up here on the website. I'm pointing a lot lately when I'm talking on the microphone, which isn't a good idea. And um, it's in the usual spots that I'll plug a little later in this episode. But Griff and Blackie were great. And I also wanted to thank the folks who came out to The Ugly Mug to see me, Steve Kritzer, and Jeff Baker a couple of weeks ago. We had a really nice house and a, one of our best nights ever. We always have a good night playing together, a good time playing together, but this was sort of like just extra good. Everything just worked, worked, worked. It was fun. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, and on June 5th, I'll be sharing a bill with my good friend Michelle Chapel, who you're going to hear from in a, in a couple of minutes. And we're going to be up at Don Quixote. She has a new record out called Call Me Crazy. I'm going to open that show with a 45-minute solo set, which is a really nice opening set. I'm going to do a bunch of uh, old favorites, uh, favorites of mine, and then a whole bunch of new songs that I'm playing as much as I can to get them ready for the new record. I'm hoping to record like midsummer and get that thing wrapped up in the fall. Doing that on June 5th. That's going to be on a Sunday night. And then a little later in the month on Thursday, June 23rd, if you're up in the Bay Area, a little farther north, I'm going to be playing with Steve Kritzer and Jeff Baker and the Keller sisters for splitting a bill at the Monkey House Theater in Berkeley. It's a great little intimate room, holds about maybe 60 people. And I played there a couple of years ago, and I'm really looking forward to getting back with Steve and Jeff and the Keller sisters. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's in Berkeley on June 23rd on a Thursday. But right now, in a few minutes, we're going to talk to Michelle Chapel, And I want you to hear a little bit of her new record. She's, I think this is number eight for her. She's, And we've played together many, many times. She's one of those people that's really good about, you know, you share a bill with her, she'll make sure she shares a bill with you. She's really gracious about that. I've always really appreciated that about Michelle. Um, she kind of splits her time between the West Coast here and Nashville. She's been out here for a few months. She has this new record. And the show at Don Quixote's Music Hall on Sunday, June 5th is probably going to be her last local show. It's a, it's a CD release party. And you're going to hear her whole story as we chat around the kitchen table, but she was a professor, a psychology professor at UCSC for many years. And so we decided to, for this Don Quixote show, because UCSC was so good to her and KZSC radio up, up there on the hill is so good to all these local musicians. We're going to give 20% of what we make to KZSC radio. So it's Michelle Chappell's CD release party. I'm doing a long set and it's also going to be a pseudo benefit for KZSC. So uh, we're wrapping a lot of good stuff into one very, very special night. So let's get going. Let's hear a couple of things off this new record, Call Me Crazy. Let's listen to Down This Road Before. It's a really nice way to open this up. And then we'll listen to Don't Take It Personally. It's, it's a really fun song. And then we'll talk to Michelle Chappell around my kitchen table. And we talked a lot about her story, about just our music paths kind of, kind of intersecting a few times. Our really good friend, John Cirillo, who's kind of how we met. And just some really fun shop talk. So here we go. Here's Michelle Chappell with a couple of songs off Call Me Crazy. And then we'll talk Around My Kitchen Table. Here we go. I've been waiting by this highway forever. Trying to hitch a ride with someone who could care But they either pass me by Or pick me up and tell me lies But I don't get nowhere So I'm driving out to Tucson 
got a sister who always takes me in. I got the windows all rolled down, radio playing the sweetest sound.
So, Dr. Chapel, <laughs> I'm glad you're here finally. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, too. Um, I have never heard you call me Dr. Chapel. I think before, I did though. once, jokingly, at a, at a gig. You probably didn't pick it up anyway. Oh. I, wanted, I had one question <laughs> I thought might kick this off for the next half hour. Is, okay. So, what came first, music or psychology, and how did one sort of overwrite the other? Mm, You've got a really interesting story. Thank you. Psychology came first. No, mm -hmm. music came first, but mm -hmm. I forgot that I used to, when I was four years old, play pianos like I was classically trained. But then I forgot all about that mm -hmm. because nobody really noticed it and nobody right. in my family was really musical. And, uh, and I got reinforced for being a smart girl. And uh, so I went on to get a PhD in psychology from Princeton. Nice. Yeah. And it was while I was there that I started to realize that maybe I really wanted to be a rock and roll star mm -hmm. instead. <laughs> and I could tell you a couple of stories about how that happened, or you could just ask me questions. How do you? We well, started. Ask? You started in France by way of Atlanta, and then <laughs> Princeton, right? I I was born in France. I was raised in Atlanta. I right. went to Georgetown. Right. And got my BS in psychology, and then I went to Princeton. Got my PhD. Okay. Psychology. When did you start writing and recording? Let's let's do, let's just jump around. A when bit. I was at Princeton. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that was one of the weird things. So they were always kind of simultaneous. Well, kind of. It be in the back of my mind that there's this little voice kind of saying, "Come on, you know you really want to sing. Right. Come on." But I, it seems stupid in that context. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, yeah, I did record my first song when I was at Princeton, but it was because at, well, I, I was coming up with a what we called a dichotic listening experiment task back in the day when you had like thick tape you know tape mm -hmm. that you would yeah. so you had um uh one message going in one ear and another message going in the other ear okay. and it was actually for an experiment mm -hmm. for, the, for princeton right and then i found there was a little bit of tape at the end <laughs> i can use this <laughs> i, did, I, I can do something so, with this. yeah so i so i you know i i uh, it was only two tracks so i right. laid down my my guitar and my vocals on one track, and then I did background vocals on the other, which I'd never done before. <laughs> and then I heard them together, and I thought, hey, that doesn't sound bad, you know? And then I forgot all about it, of course, which is what so I your first just, did. So your first recording was leftover tape at the end of a psychology experiment. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but then... I felt kind of ashamed of it, I guess, because, you know, I really wasn't supposed to be doing that, and it was a waste of my time. And, mm. But then there was a girl who was in the study who walked out of the... I was in the lab, and she walked out, and she looked at me, and she said, was that you singing that song at the end? And I realized she listened through the whole tape. The whole which, tape. Yeah, you weren't supposed to do. Right. And I said, yeah, that was. And she goes, that was good. I like that, you know. <laughs> so that was like a little tip. That was the tip. best part of the experiment. <laughs> Probably. So that was a little tip off that maybe I should, you know, take it seriously. Mm -hmm. There were a few moments like that. Right. But psychology really, I would say, to answer your question, came first. Right, right. You yeah. were there studying. Yeah, and I, I went all the way through and I got the PhD and mm -hmm. I became a professor. And, and how did you, you find your way to UCSC? I got, uh, so first I was teaching at New College in Florida. Mm. And um, I knew I wanted to get out of Florida because it was just mm -hmm. retirement. Too, too many. I mean, I was only tw I was twenty eight or something, and I needed to be around younger people. You know, just we I can just, just say it was Florida. It was. Yeah, it was great. It was Sarasota. It's beautiful. Yeah. Sailboats and all that. Oh my God, beach, bath water temperature. But but I didn't feel like I was going to grow, so I got a job at Santa Clara University. Oh okay. Yeah, and I was there full time. That's a big move. Yes, it was. And that was what year? 
even if you're not a musician, if you just love music, I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube video, this guy who comes alive when he listens to um, old, I think it's jazz or something, he's kind of almost comatose, you know, barely talks, and all of a sudden they play his favorite music and he just starts I've seen... singing along, and you know, I forget the name of his, his favorite song. But anyway, he just comes alive because of the same phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So he's dancing to it and singing along with it, even though otherwise he doesn't talk and he barely eats. You know, there was a guy we, we lost about five years ago. Chuck McCabe. Oh, know, oh. Lost about five years ago. And I didn't even know that. He was a, oh. an amazing songwriter, mentored a lot of people, could, always had a dirty joke at the, at the ready. Um, and there's he kind of connects everybody I meet. Somehow somebody knew Chuck McCabe. Um, but he used to perform, um, besides just regular gigs, he, he worked for the Young at Heart organization. They would go into rest homes and play songs. And he learned a lot of the old, old songs by to do those gigs. Yeah. And he invited me once and got the okay. And I went and I watched him play for this, this, one, this, one, this one nursing home. And there were people that were not comatose, but just really not even paying attention. And I watched probably about three or four times he play a certain song and a face would light up. They would clap. They, it would just, it would, it would take them back. They would recognize the melody. It's because it's activating the part of the brain that's yeah, still working. It was wonderful. When other things so came cool. Up. I know. Yeah. Actually, there, there's again, I can't remember the name, guy's name, but there, there's a, a man who I think was it. No, he wasn't in that documentary. It was a different one. But he is trying to create a program that goes into, mm -hmm. put all over the country and yeah. do that and he's just now getting funding mm -hmm. for it he actually brings it and gives people walkmans or some, oh, some nice. yeah and yeah so he's getting funding for that, that Good. yeah i'm really yeah i'm a fan of being a musician I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of music, actually. Music is so good for the soul. Well, like for me, I was I, I kind of came into this late. I think I've been writing for about 14 years, maybe, um, something like that. And But I've always loved music. I've always loved lyrics and songwriters. I've always loved like digging into the liner notes ever since I was in high school. Yeah. And then when I finally started playing and then tried to start writing songs and then started writing songs, I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, well, I started late too, as yeah. you know, because I was a professor for right. a few years before right. I actually did it. Yeah. yeah, and I used to, I don't know about what motivated you to start, but I I just did it because um, I was frustrated, you know, maybe with something that would happen at work. Mm -hmm. And I would go home and I would write a song about it, but I never meant for anybody to hear it. I was just mm. like a little ditty for me to sort of get my anxiety worked out. And then, uh, I'm not exactly, I think I was married at the time and my husband... Um, was encouraging me to share these songs with people, and so oh, I started nice. doing little open mics, right. like at Zelda's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and people liked them, so I realized, oh, this isn't just for me. It's, yeah. I guess it's helping you re release some tension too. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but so that. But at first, it was just like just a way to just work out my anxiety. Right. You know, yeah. it's like psychotherapy yeah. on, your, on yourself. <laughs> on yourself. Yes. Yeah. Songs no as psychotherapy required. Yes. You know. For, I think for me, because I, I, I did stand-up years ago, and I, I didn't get that good, but it got me over being shy and all that. And I think, you know, the first song was like, can I write a song? And then it's like, okay, I want to write songs that I can go out and play. Mm -hmm. But I barely started doing open mics and kind of got over that hump. But for me, it was like, I never sang, hmm. ever, ever, hmm. ever, ever. So just playing guitar and then singing in front of myself was a big hurdle <laughs> and then learning songs and trying to play them in front of people that was huge yeah, and then once I started writing songs it was like okay and yeah you know, interesting in theory they get better and better and yeah so I now I write fewer than not as often as I used to yeah. but the ones I write tend to be keepers yeah, I, me too. Yeah. Maybe it's just wisdom you learn Could be. over the years that maybe maybe this maybe one's not going to work maybe out. Maybe you filter things out better. At first, yeah. I was like, I used to be like, if I start a song, I have to finish it. Me too. And then after a while, I, I was. I thought that was just because I was an academic. Wow. No, okay. I was like, so, well, someone told, actually, I think I interviewed Darden Smith years ago when I started doing this podcasting thing. I'm pointing to the cassette player, which doesn't <laughs> help anybody at all. <laughs> And he said, no, songs are like furniture. you got to finish them. You know? And I used to think that for a long time. And finally, I went, yeah, but this song, it's not any good. Yeah. This is just not worth my time. I know. You know? I'm revisiting that, though. I have a, about five or six melodies sort of kicking around in the back of my mind. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should just give them a whack. You know, because at first I dismissed them. No, they're not good enough. But after having been in Nashville a little bit, mm -hmm. I'm learning the... Um, the craft, I guess you would call it, but you but you can take a melody you started with and improve on it. So mm -hmm. maybe don't throw that out. So, right. but I haven't quite cr 
crossed the hump of doing that yet. It just seems like an interesting theory. No, it's because it, <laughs> there's there's stuff in there that's probably pretty good. You just got well, you, you've done this too. Is like you co-write. Yes. I mean, I've co-written with our, with our friend, my mutual friend John Cirillo. Oh, I will write. I'm, I'm going to do know. one of our songs. Yeah. And the guy I play with, um, I played with last weekend, Steve Kritzer. We've and Steve, Steve is about about seventy miles away. So we 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 actually co-write over email and Skype. Oh, that's cool. And it works. And John Cirillo, who's a Nashville, our mutual friend, yeah. we've co-written over Skype. Cool. Yeah. And it works. So yeah. you, so if you do get a half-written song, you think this is a great title, this is a good chorus, there's something in here. And if you have someone you trust to co-write with, that's that's a good way of finishing those things too. It is. I'm kind of new to the co-writing world. I've only done two or three songs that way, so it's yeah. new to me still. And I I think I'm. I'm in the middle of trying to figure out. I can tell I'm changing. Yeah. I want to do it differently. And I think, um, I don't know how you work, but before I would kind of have a melody and the words would sort of come at the same time, mm -hmm. but not cleanly. Just just sometimes I would just, blah, 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 you know, right. it would sound like something, but then later it would make sense. And now that I know that you can actually improve the craft, I learned how to do that with writing lyrics, but not so much melodies so far. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I want to do now is commit to that and I know lyrics are key especially in Nashville but for me I, my heart I love writing good lyrics but my heart is in melodies mm. I mean I really want to write a kick-ass melody right and then put some good words to that instead of writing some kick-ass words and putting a melody to it which is what I've been doing lately I think I want to see what it's like to do it the other way that's a good that'd be a good challenge for me because I, I come up with melodies but for me I've, I've always liked the lyrics and words and, and well you're really good at it thanks yeah. and what, what I've gotten so Probably the last few years, I've gotten really specific. I mean, I can't write a pop song to save my life, but if you want a song about multitasking or you want a song about <laughs> corporate speak, you know, I'll, I'll, my kind of mode now is I'll, I'll think about, I want to write a song about this. Yeah. And it's got to percolate. And then I, I usually get something eventually. It takes a while. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, um, I... But I like what I end, what I end up with no, eventually. No, no, you've got it down. And I, I, yeah. I used to have a method too, but it's... It's all changing, and I'm getting melodies now first. Melodies. That's cool, though. I know, and I'm like, what are you about? I don't know. Okay, really? You're not going to tell me what you're about? Great. So <laughs> I'll just la, 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 and you know, I record them so I won't forget them. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm kind of. I'm curious to see what happens next once right. that gets out there. Yeah. This is Call Me Crazy. Call Me Crazy. That is because it's titled for my mother, mm -hmm. who, when I announced that I was going to leave professional psychology <laughs> when I was what do leave you academics she yeah. did say she called me crazy and so I um, said thank you and um, I went ahead and did it anyway she really likes my music now she's Good. really proud of me now yeah but it took well she should be well thank you but yeah. it took a while my dad slipped me some money every once in a while so I could oh, of course right. he nice. he got it sooner yeah yeah but That's yeah cool. it was pretty it was a pretty bold move and I think some of my colleagues continue to think that I was crazy yeah. to do that. So did you dive in like full time or you were kind of you were kind of bouncing back and forth between touring and then going back to teach and Well, first I was teaching It's a hard thing to do full time. I don't anybody who does it full time usually does something else. Well you can't tour if you have a full time job. Right. You yeah. just can't do that. So yeah. that's why I was really lucky that um UCSC was so generous mm -hmm. with me and uh, I just so I actually would leave for a year and then come back and they right. would still offer me something, you know, because I was good and I always, you know, students liked me and so they, they knew I was good and they wanted me back, but they also gave me the breathing room to try out some stuff. So, you know, I went to uh, Italy for a while and you, played You've there. actually toured, toured, yeah. yeah. Not like me going to Reading and back, you've actually toured. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Mm. I have, I have. Uh, but yeah, I think it's hard to do that if you have a full time. No job. offense, to, I love Reading. Don't get me wrong. I'm playing there. <laughs> Reading rock. Actually, Reading rock. I'm actually playing in Reading in October at a really nice wine bar. So Reading anyway, is cool. I like Reading. I, I, I mean, I, you've actually traveled far and done real. I have. Yeah. Like over water to, to go play somewhere. Kind yeah, of well, I have, have had a couple songs on the radio, so I went to mm -hmm. tour to support them, which nice. was really cool and hard. Yeah. It's really hard because not everybody gets you, you know, and then and then you'll some some nights you'll just think, why am I even doing this? And then all of a sudden that will be the crowd that gets you and sings yeah, along and some and people have to see you a couple of times to kind yeah, of like yeah. oh, I, I remember this song and, and then but if you're going actually to Europe you can't do that every couple of months you've got to really be a little more strategic about it yeah yeah well we tried I mean yeah. I was I was happy I got, I got a, a, um, a deal with Polygram Records 
when it used to be a major label mm-hmm. when I was in South Africa and uh, oh that's right I was yeah. really God I was so lucky and that it was my ex-husband's idea because mm-hmm. I'd had a lot of songs picked up in LA and people were saying this is you know such a great sound or whatever but then nothing would ever happen with them and he said hey he was South Af- he is South African he said why why don't we just uh, just to make a CD and let's go to my country and let's see if we can't make something happen over there. It's a small wow. country. Right. We could tour it. We could tour the radio stations. And he was absolutely right because it was manageable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got signed there. So it was. He was right. He wow. Was what right. a great idea. It was. He's yeah. It was. A, it was a great idea. And I happened to be there. This is really cool. Happened to be there when Nelson Mandela was elected president for the first time. Wow. So How exciting. Double is that? double interesting. Yeah. 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 Wow. The country was interesting at that time because okay. there was a lot of change in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. What a cool story. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So for this record, there's a release concert coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and you are you are playing with me. I am. It's going to be so much fun. Yes, it will be. I'm looking forward to it. I love when you said, I'm going to open it. How, how long should I play? 45 minutes? Okay. That's a good opening is, set. Is it? What do you usually get? Like half an hour or something? Something like that, but I'll play 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm good with not playing. I'm not, I'm, I don't need to hog the evening. That'll be fun. I like sharing. Anyway, you're going to play a song with us too, right? Yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah, we will. We'll figure we that will. out. No, I, I really like that. I prefer it when people, I'm going to have a couple of people sit in. I, I kind of like, I think I picked this up from the Indigo Girls. Um, I saw them do it a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love them. And they would just have random people, like, when they did their set, come back from, you know, opening for them and play with them and stuff like yeah. that. And I just thought, that is such a cool well, community Well, it looks more community-like. Well, yeah. and it is. And I feel like, especially, you know, having just lived in the South for a year, where mm-hmm. music, I think, plays a much more central role in people's lives than right. it does in Silicon Valley, yeah. I think building community around music is really important here, mm-hmm. which you've done a very good job of. Thanks. Yeah, you really have. I'm very impressed. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we, um, we, and, yeah, we, we were... People on the podcast, probably. My wife and I were hosting a concert series for Sixers. You played. We played yeah, together yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, we did our last show. And I forgot the lyrics. That's because right. I was, because I was so tired from my Silicon Valley job. That's right. Oh. That's right. Oh, anyway. But uh, we did. But they came back. We did. <laughs> we did six years and I think over 35 shows and just, to t- just decided to kind of take a break for a while. Because yeah. it's, it's fun hosting shows, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, I imagine. You know. It's a lot of work just doing a CD release party. Yeah, I it mean, is a lot of work. Day job and just home stuff and, and making time for your music and making time to write when you get inspired. I know, you I know. know. I think it's so important though and I hope that, I hope that, well, you're really good at it and I hope people will keep music alive in the Valley because I've noticed as the years go by, venues are closing. Well, like over the hill, I'm pointing this way now with my notes. San Jose, um, there's there's there aren't a lot of my places. favorite venues have closed. Mission Mission, Mission Cop. I we played there together too. We I played know. There. Yeah, that was that fun. was my favorite place. It had such a great yeah. sound system. It, it sounded, I liked it because it was intimate, but it was big enough. You could have 50, 60, maybe even 70 yeah. people. That was like a good number of people. For I played there a couple of times. I opened for Chuck Brodsky and we split a night and I played with somebody else. It was just a nice I room. I used to play there a lot too. It's, it was a great, and then it's now it's a sports bar or a I think it's Starbucks. A, it's a Starbucks now. And it had a great uh, They built this. They actually they put money the into a stage. And a stage. Yeah, it yeah, had yeah. a good sound system. Yeah, yeah. I know. So around so here there's kind of places heart. coming and going. Well, my wife and I will do, we actually might do house concerts. Just kind of like Go way low key. Yeah. Do an occasional house concert. Yeah, that's good. That's so we'll see. Yeah, that might be even better. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Silicon Valley, um, and I'm pointing my finger at the clock because there is no Silicon Valley in the room with us, right. but I feel like it's really important to keep the arts alive and music alive. It's right. because people are, I believe, really out of balance here, especially after having been in the South for you, you can see the difference. You know, people I'm just going to say, I mean, the music is more revered, not just in Nashville, but also mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And when people come to, so it's hip hop and it's rap, but it's also singer songwriter, which mm-hmm. is where I got kind of got my singer songwriter thing from. Right. And, um, you know, if there's a guy and a guitar up on stage, people will be quiet and they will listen. Yes. And here you don't really get that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and you, and you can get a huge auditorium filled just for a singer, just for a singer songwriter. Yeah. So I yeah, was here doing the, quotation yeah. marks with my fingers here. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen out here is like quite often if it's if it's not a, a venue where you you're going to see a show it's a, it's a it could be a restaurant or a cafe and you're kind of you're kind of they're, they're wallpaper gigs you know wallpaper gigs yeah. 
you know, at Eddie's Attic, I don't know. Which can't always be bad. Sometimes they're like, like wineries are like that, but wineries are nice because it's a, it's a quieter crowd. Yeah, but you kind of expect that. There. Yeah. Yeah, they're more, I mean, they're nice. They do listen. I played a cafe last summer. I'm not going to say what it was, but I got there, I set up. I played there one month and had a really, it was, had a really fun time. Then I played a couple of months later. It was outdoors. Went to my car to get something, came back, and uh, <laughs> some kids had moved my stuff and were sitting in my spot. And oh. so I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to play. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me turn the phone machine down. And I'll just keep talking from a distance. <laughs> and because um, this way I don't have to edit. And um, so I got back to I got back to set everything up. Actually, I am going to pause. To hear that, all that trouble, and it was a sales call. <laughs> it was a telemarketer. Oh Are we done? Goodness. Yes. This is so Apparently. professional. You want to keep a little bit of the dirt on when you do these kind of professional recordings. So I and I played a cafe. It was fun. Came back two months later. Set up. Went to my car. Came back. They moved all my stuff, and I said, "Guys, guys, I'm," because I was really pissed and trying to not look like it. You know, I'm like, "Um, you just moved all my stuff, including my guitar stand and my." Oh, I'm sorry. And then they. They talked at a, like a huge loud volume for the next hour. They it was just it was not fun. Mm. I don't have I don't have to be revered, but you know just leave my stuff alone. Well, maybe, <laughs> you know, no, I totally that was get that. that was very unrevering. You know? you know, and I say the word revere, but maybe what I should say is more like just um, well, I'm courteous. Of, there's, uh, there's a guy playing guitar. Respectful, or, or, and yeah. uh, I think it's because. So I'm thinking of this place called Eddie's Attic. If you ever go to Atlanta, you definitely want to play there and you, mm. you want to go there if you can. I mean, it's kind of hard to get into, but um, but they have um, like a, a sign right next to the stage and it pretty much says, um, if, you, if you feel like talking, uh, there's a patio out back, feel mm -hmm. free. But here, we listen to the music and it has nice. this whole philosophy of what they think about singer-songwriters and how important it is to pay attention. And I wow. think it's, yeah, and I think wow. that they sort of set the tone. Yeah. No, it's really true. And you you really will get asked to leave if you're talking. And nice. I really have to say that that is um, very welcoming and yeah. hard to leave <laughs> behind. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I hope the Valley can... Ah, renew its interest in music yeah. at some There are point. nice places out there. I think I played the Ugly Mug last week, and it's nice because Steve, the owner, Steve Volk, and Dick Brundle, who books it, when they when they do a, 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 a an evening show, they actually close at 6.30, oh, nice. move the chairs around, set up the PA, charge it. They actually turn it into a venue for the night. Nice. It's really nice. And they still have people come in and buy coffee, but the people in there are paying to see a show, so they yeah. actually make it a venue. It's really nice. Well, they seem very respectful, because when I did a little gig there, yeah. they sat in the audience and listened to it. Yeah. I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. And you just sort of yeah. stopped doing what they were doing, took a chair, and listened yeah. up. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's one of the best little yeah. venues here. good people. Yeah. So, so this release party, we didn't, the date is, we haven't talked about the date. June... Fifth, fifth at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, seven to nine and on a Sunday. On a Sunday, and we decided Perfect to. Perfect um, for if you go to the beach to oh, yeah. avoid beach traffic. That's why, because I have a lot of people over the hill that will come to this. It's easier that way. You don't have to go through beach traffic. Just go over and hear us. Right. Sing and play. Or nice two-hour show. Have yeah. some Mexican food, and then mm -hmm. you just zip over the hill. Zip over the hill when there's no more beach traffic. That's a really good idea. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And it's 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 a pseudo benefit. That was a really good idea you had. Yeah. Well, you know, KZSC. Yeah, they're doing their pledge drive. I think still this week. And I started thinking, wow, I love that radio station. I love UCSC. What a way to give back. Why don't we give some of our proceeds to them? So so twenty percent of what we make goes to KZSC. Yeah, I think that's cool. I feel really good about that. Yeah. I like donating anyway in general. It's like, nice. It's a like nice that. thing to do. Yeah, well, everybody needs a little help. Yeah, in fact, I'm playing on KZSC on the 3rd, that Friday at 8.30. We're both going to be on KKUP. Yeah, I'm going to be on KZSC too. That Saturday the 4th, I think. Is it Saturday? Is it Saturday? The, no, the week before. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. If you look up the podcast on my website, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put all I'm the gonna dates I'm going to be there. on a KKUP with you. That's, that's the 5th, the... 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock, I think. The 3rd. That's the 3rd. The 3rd, Friday the 3rd. And then, yeah, you're going to be on KZ. So you're going to do two? I'm going to mm -hmm. do, oh, I'm also, you I'm doing KSCO show. on the third. So we're both doing two on we're the We're hitting third. all the local radio. Yeah, and then I'm doing KZSC the Saturday before that. 
And oh, K Pig. K Pig. Yeah. The All Sunday bases are covered. Before that. So the 31st, I think it is. I wish Damn. I had a calendar. Anyway, yeah. All anyway, so if you look covered. up michaelgator.com, go to the blog. There's a, there's a We're podcast. We're going to be on the radio a lot for this. Right, right. Yeah. But there's a section for this podcast, and I'm going to list all the dates. Good. Okay, cool. I'll give so. you mine because I'm not sure you have them. Okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, that will be a lot. So it's a release party for Call Me Call Crazy. crazy. I'm going to do a bunch of old favorites, old favorites of mine, and a bunch of new stuff. I'm actually, we were talking about new songs. I've got a bunch of new songs. I'm oh, honing them for the new record. It's... Um, my, the theme of this we will talk about me for like two seconds so my last record was the Starlight Drive-In record which was kind of like this area small town nostalgia this one is sort of the Silicon Valley inspired song so I've got a couple of songs about corporate speak I have a song about multitasking I have a song about escaping Silicon Valley and moving to, to, to Boise to avoid a zombie apocalypse <laughs> Yeah, so they, they, it's actually kind of a story Good cycle it's actually kind of a song cycle I thought it's awesome and I was like, all of a sudden I went these songs all fit. I guess I have to do a record. Ah. How can I do this with the least amount of time and resources? Yeah. That's my current challenge. Yeah, I hear you, boy. Well, you you sound pretty good with just a guitar and your voice. It's gonna be. I think about. It's gonna be about half solo. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna bring in um, a bass player and a percussionist for some other stuff, and then bring in my friend Steve Kritzer to add some lead mandolin and guitar. And oh, he plays mandolin too. He's a really good mandolin. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's can I a, say damn? You can say damn. Well, yeah. You have to edit that out. No, I don't. Oh, That's too I much didn't work. know that about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, I I'm gonna play some new songs, obviously, from that mm-hmm. record because half of it was recorded in Nashville. Right. And right. half of it was recorded with uh, Robert Berry. Oh, nice. Um, so it's kind of a mix. Of a local match. favorite from Campbell, California. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be cool. But I also am going to play some songs from the new CD that I haven't released yet. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> I'm already thinking about it. So, you you know, you're doing it too. So yeah. you always have something in the works. So it's going to be kind of... But that yeah. one's more... This one's a little bit more country. And that one's a little bit more pop. But yeah. it'll be cool. It's funny how you do a release party for like your new record, but you want to play the newer stuff. I know. And then also the, like the old favorites. Right. So you end up doing a blend. That's right. fun. Right, right. There was one guy, I forget. He would do a show, like a house concert. And he would do like... Three songs off every record. He was very promotionally, very. Oh, that's very it smart. It was smart, but it's like I yeah. don't even play much off my first couple of records anymore. Except I don't the know. ones that, that, that I mean, there's like K Pick plays "Hang It Up." I play that. There's a couple it's Highway Seventeen. Honestly, I play that still. But all the new ones, you want you want to just kind of hone them and have people hear them. Damn, that's really making us so damn again, huh? Yeah. I have a song called "Hero." Maybe I should start to play that again because it it was. Um, when I was in South Africa, it was mm-hmm. on the radio. I got actually 11 songs on the radio, believe it or not, wow, at the nice. same time. I know. And that was the song that people sang along with. Wow. And I, I still get royalties from it, so apparently it's been playing for 20 years. Really? And I never do it live, ever. You should. I know, I'm starting to think. It's I, a great story, too. You could... it's, it's a pretty good song, for because, you know, it's one of my first songs, yeah. but... Mm, you're making me think maybe I should do it. <laughs> it's kind of like, did you watch that documentary about the guy who was a, he was a huge star in South, I think it was South Africa. I know, yeah, it And was. he didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, in Searching For Something or yeah. something like that. I know, I never. When they play his music, you go, God, he's great. It was really great. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, South Africa's really cool. I mean, if they like your music, they're very loyal. That's cool. I guess. Yeah. I mean, apparently, because I still get royalties. I mean, that was the other ones don't, but that one did. And that one wasn't one of my high rotation songs, right. but it was the one that... Um, but it's funny because, you know, in a way, I wrote that song when South Africa was going through this huge change. Mm-hmm. And I was too, because I stopped being a professor and I started being a musician and it all kind of felt like hero's journey kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell. Um, so maybe that's why that song still had, resonates with people because it's all about, you know, following, taking the high road, following mm-hmm. your heart, not... The, the path least taken or whatever, you know, that, that idea of the obvious path. Yeah. Don't mm. not the status quo. Do the thing that, you know, mm. don't, don't keep doing the thing that you've always been doing. If that's not the best you can do. Wow. Yeah. And I've never heard this song. I know. It's yeah. just, a, it's, why am I? Yeah. I'm going to have to really think about that. Maybe I should do this song. It's not on our list. Why not? I haven't played it in years. Need a banjo on it for Don Quixote? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll be the song. Maybe that'll be the song. <laughs> this beautiful song to put a banjo on to just remove all the integrity from it. <laughs> it was a great song, but this guy was playing banjo. It's like, oh, what the hell? a banjo solo over the chorus. <laughs> what was that about? 
Didn't he already play? What's he doing up there? You know, the, I got to mention the community thing too. I did, I did a show at, there was a place called the Haute Enchilada in Moss Landing and I did a couple of shows last year and they're not doing shows anymore, but. Oh, I've I, never done, I didn't even know they did shows. They were doing it for about a year. Oh, um, oh, okay. I wasn't here. Okay. Yeah. Born, the guy who had Treasures Roadhouse, you weren't here for that either, probably ended mm-hmm. up closing and going down there and um, me and my friend John Bagley did a show and we split it with a local duo, um, Laura Strange and Stephanie Madrigal. I go, let's, let's do some stuff together at the end. And Laura and I had actually written a song together. So at the end, I think they played first and then we played, I forget, I actually forget who played first. And then um, we got up together and then, so we did the song that Laura and I wrote, all four of us together. And then Laura and Stephanie do a great version of Purple Rain. Oh, oh, Prince, oh. wow. So they did that, and then John did a, um, a mandolin solo. I did a harmonica solo, and so oh, we nice. so we we played, we did stuff together. It was really nice. All right, we're getting together. Okay, we do something similar. Maybe we'll for... do a Prince song. Maybe not. We'll figure out something. That makes me sad. That makes me sad. We've we lost love... so many good. Oh, ones. David Bowie, David Prince, Bowie. Merle Haggard, Guy Clark passed away yesterday. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, so this morning I was like, they were playing this song and. I'm at the point now where when these older songwriters are getting played on cable, I go, I hope they're okay. You know, I was just reading, they they just had an article come out in the Nashville magazine about Merle Haggard, Mm -hmm. about what he was going to do next. So I was reading that after he wasn't with us anymore. We saw him about a year ago in Monterey, and he sounded great. He was still going strong. He couldn't couldn't stop himself. It was all about how he he had to tour. He had to keep touring. And it wasn't necessarily a great thing for his family to hear, but he had to do it. That's what the whole article was about. Mm. And then he wasn't... He wanted to tour until he couldn't. Right. So that is what he did. That's what he did. I know. But yeah, we, it just makes you realize how precious time is mm-hmm. and precious music is if that's you know one of your And the music kept him going up until the end. Probably. I yeah. mean, Glenn Campbell. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he could do a tour when he had Alzheimer's disease and a fast, he had one of the ones that acts fast, you know, there's right. a term for it where, yeah, they go down a little bit faster. A lot of times very smart people. Hmm. Unfortunately, wow. I don't know why, but there's a more a quicker decline. Wow. I think he had that one. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was. I mean, he was still touring. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear something from you. How's that? Okay. Let's hear one of your songs. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna play a song that I wrote with John. Our friend John Cirillo. John Cirillo, sorry, I'm making noise here. He's in, he's in Nashville making hits as we speak. He's co-writing every day. I know, he tries to co-write a song a day, which is very impressive. And, um, but this is not a country tune. It is, is that all right if I stand? You can do whatever you want. All right, this is not a country tune, though. It's, um, I like to write ins- songs that inspire people. So... <clears throat> Do you remember, um, do you remember The Wizard of Oz? Vaguely. <laughs> Every year I would wait for it to come on television before VHS and DVD, yes. So, do you remember how Dorothy discovered that she always had the power to go home? I right. Mean, ever since she had the ruby slippers on. Right. So, this song kind of is capturing that idea, um, but for us, that we all have a special gift or special power that we have, and it's always just waiting there for us to find it and develop it and boost it, like a superpower. Okay. So that's what this song's about. It's called Your Own Happy Ending. In a technicolor world where you feel black and white, alone and lost yellow brick And the gift that you would give Stuck down deep inside Always feels like People that surround you Put you down and try to drown you But they don't see your spirit Like I do I know you're special Oh, special way But you're so tired Of pretending There's more chapters It's never too Set out on that highway And you'll 
nice. Thank you. And I clicked my heels and I'm home. It I, works. You know, when I do, it works. <laughs> when I do that song live, I do click my heels and people really kind of get into it, you know? That's nice. Yeah, well, I think it really is that simple in a way because I think everybody, like I said, has a unique gift. I know this as a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just waiting there, you know? So that's why it almost is like clicking your heels. It's yeah. just I love how you work your psychology training into a lot of your, your music. Thank you for noticing that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of your thing. It's, it's inspirational and it's, you know... It is, you know, I was... In not a, completely enough of it. I mean, not, not, not like just that, but there's, there's yeah, a Yeah, because that threat. would be too much if it yeah. was all that way. But yeah, yeah I really, it took me a few years. In fact, then... Somebody was interviewing me for the good times and he kept asking me a lot of questions about when did you start writing the songs that were inspiring? What made you, you know? And I started realizing, oh, somewhere along the way, mm -hmm. I figured out that I still wanted to be a psychologist and a singer-songwriter. So they intersect. They intersect like Venn diagram, yeah. you know, the little overlap. That's uh -huh. my sweet spot. Nice. I like those songs the most. And they do, they seem to help people. People tell me that. They write yeah. to me, they tell me. That they listen to a song and help them get through yeah, a hard time. I love this song. I've heard you, I think it's the mug you play. Yeah, I play that okay. at the yeah. mug. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like this song too. It seems to be going over really well. So I'm proud. This is my first co-write ever. Never. That was you and John Cirillo? Me and John Cirillo. Wow. Yeah. He's good. So are you. That's cool. Thank you. That's very cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a big John Cirillo fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. Obviously. I think he and I have written four songs together and a couple that I think one's going on the new record. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I have another one I wrote with him and uh, another guy, Daniel, I don't even know how you say his name, Brain Spider, Spider, I don't know how you say his name. Boy, I just think of him as Dan, but um, called Be Your Own Superhero. I don't know if you've oh, heard of that no, one. No. Yeah. Oh, it's very pop. It's very, yeah. you know, bass driven and it's very... Uh, yeah, it's really cool too. And John, it was different for John to write a song like that because he's yeah. more focused on country, you right. know. So right, to right, pull right. him out of that into pop, I think it made him feel like he could relax a little bit with the words because you know they're very picky and and mm -hmm. not so much in pop. You can you know, but still the words are amazing yeah. because of the high standards. There was one song, and again, I I, I love John Cirillo. He's a good friend. There was one thing we were working on, and it was some phrase. It was very, it was very, very Nashville. I forget what it was, but I told him I go. I go, I could never sing that with a straight face. I know, it, see. It, it was something very, very, very like commercial mainline country. I'm like, it was like a triple negative or something. And I'm like, I, I can't do oh, it. Oh, he's totally learning the craft. I mean, yeah, he's, and it's, he's, he's good. Totally, he, yeah, he's just very, different. Every year I see him, he's taking it to an, a new level. Yeah, and it's that's, really that's interesting. That's the thing, thing about co-writing is you both bring something different. Well, yeah, and I think what I, uh, I liked what we did is I would bring the, like I would say, like you were saying, you would know what a song would be about for co-writes. With John and Dan, I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew I wanted a song to inspire people to know they had unique gifts. I mm -hmm. liked the Wizard of Oz theme. Right. You know, and then the superhero one was sort of similar, but I wanted, I said I wanted things like the bow, pam, you know, bam, that kind of, you know, the, remember when you the see superhero? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, bam, bam. Pow, And so we ended up going yeah, yeah. pow, pow, pow in it, you know. Oh, nice. so, so, yeah, so you, oh, I'll send it to you. Okay. It's, I, it's not one I can play by myself because it needs a lot of instruments and okay. it has an octave split and all this stuff yeah. going on. But anyway, yeah. So it was, yeah. So in that case, I knew exactly what I was bringing to the table. Yeah. yeah. Inspire people to follow their hearts, basically. And I don't think that's their MO. So mm -hmm. together, um, but they're so great that together I think the songs came out extra special because right. exactly right. what you were saying. And there was one thing John and I worked on. I Which was it? There was some... I like, and I've done this, and whether it's good or bad, I like to take words you wouldn't put into a song and put them into a, like some big-ass, goofy, multi-syllable word. And there was something we did, and he goes, this needs a Michael Gaither line right here. I forget, where do they put it? But I've done that. I've done well, that. Well, that's part of your shtick, right? It is. It is. Of, it's I did that, like the song about the coyote actually worked, put, worked in the word domesticity, you know, and... It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. That's your superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. You're right. I do. We were, I was playing with Chris the other night, and he has a song about the rain. There was some word for people that love the rain, and I swear it's like five syllables, and I go, oh, I've got to put that into a song. <laughs> find a rhyme for it. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. cool. So, anyway, yeah. See? Well. See? You're not just a musician. You're, you, you're also... See, I didn't even know you were a stand-up guy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I I'm didn't... a very stand-up guy. Well, no, you know comic. what I mean. Comic. Yeah, yeah stand-up comic. And, um, but then when I was thinking about it, I'm doing Venn diagram again. So two circles, right? Uh-huh. And I, so I think my sweet spot is, is, is um, you know, being a singer-songwriter, but also right. bringing the psychology and the inspiration to it. 
and then you get this sweet spot. And I think yours is singer-songwriter, but also you're funny. You're a humorist. Oh, so I think your sweet spot, your superpower, I like to call it superpower, mm-hmm. is that. Like, and that's an example of it. You know, I think my, my favorite quote I, I've ever gotten is, and I use it all, I, I use it a lot. Somebody, um, I think on CD Baby, where a lot of us sell our CDs, he said, Michael writes songs about things you would think nobody could write a song about. Yeah, that and that, makes that's, sense. that's just it. It's yeah. just like, try to find some weird, to- some weird specific topic and write a song about it. Well, Silicon Valley, I think, good yeah. for you, tackling yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to the record. Yeah, yeah, um, good, good for you, yeah. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to June 5th. June 5th, 7 p.m., Don Quixote's in Felton. And we're doing like 87 radio gigs to promote it, something Apparently, like that. I think together we're doing like, <laughs> including this one we're doing, like seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty so, good. That's so a, we're both doing KKUP. We're both doing KZSC at different times. You're doing KPIG and KSCO. So you're doing KPIG also, right? Not for this. I, just, oh, okay. I, just, I was on it a couple weeks ago. Ah, oh, got it. Okay. So okay. I'm doing KCSC and KKUP on the third. Okay, and I'm doing KKUP with you on mm. the third, and I'm doing KSCO on the third. Right. And then the Saturday before, I'm doing KZSC. Right. And the Sunday before, I'm doing KPIG. And just to remind folks that 20% 20 of what we make goes to KZSC KZSC. for the show because they're a very cool station. Yeah, they're a very cool station. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's always fun to get back. This was fun. I was going to say see you soon, but that's kind of, you're you're kind of stuck with me for a while. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for asking me to. All right. All right. Ciao. So while I was playing that back, I looked up the word for people who love the rain that my friend Steve Critcher came up with. They are called pluvliophiles. Somebody who loves the rain is called a pluvliophile, which means in California, I think we're wannabe pluvliophiles. But, you know, we did, we did get some rain this year. I have got to work that into a song. That was Michelle Chappell, obviously, talking for, about her, her psychology and her music Venn diagram career. It's kind of intersecting and pulling apart and going back together. And she's a lot of fun. Great songwriter, as you heard at the beginning of this episode. We're going to be at Don Quixote's on June 5th on a Sunday night. Um, I want to also rattle off all these radio dates, and I'll put these in the notes for the podcast. Um, on May 28th, she'll be on Altered Brew on KZSC Radio. That's in Santa Cruz, California, 88.1. You can also listen on the web at kzsc.org. Uh, she'll be on between 9 and 11 a.m. that morning, I believe. And then on Friday, June 3rd, that's the big day. I'm going to be on KZSC, 88.1, kzsc.org, at 8.30 a.m., the same time that Michelle is going to be on KSCO, 1080 a.m. at ksco.com. We're actually on at the exact same time promoting the exact same show so we'll, we'll catch a lot of different people and then that afternoon of, on June 3rd we're both going to be in KKUP Radio that's over the hill in Cupertino they're at 91.5 FM or at kkup.org and then she's going to be on KPIG Radio kpig.com uh, 107.5 on I think May 29th. That'll again be on the podcast notes. So a lot of radio going going on, and we're going to have a lot of fun that night. So Michelle, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for the music. And thanks for letting me draft along on this really cool show. We'll see you next time on Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither. And really quick, a couple of websites if you want to check these out. I'm at michaelgaither.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. Michelle is at michellechapel.com. That's M-I-C-H-E two L's E-C-H-A-P-P-E-L dot com you can also find her from my site as well on the podcast notes uh, whether you heard this on my website or a Twitter feed or Facebook or you picked it up on iTunes or the Stitcher app or you're listening um, over the web on um, Grateful Dread Radio Nashville or KC Cafe Radio thank you for listening thank you for tuning in downloading streaming however you found this music please support these artists they're they're pretty awesome where I wouldn't spend the time talking to them for songs and stories I'm Michael Gaither thank you so much for your time take care <laughs>